Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Monday. We certainly missed you on last week, but no technical difficulties tonight. We're ready to rock and roll. Miss Rihanna is going to come in a little bit later on, and Dr. Hagney is going to be out tonight. So let's see if the other team members are there. Let's see. Mr. Arthur, are you on yet? Okay. Mr. Arthur is not there yet. And so let's go straight to our guests, but before we kick off for the evening, I want to say that our show tonight is going to be brought to you by A Taste of North Delight. And so for those of you that are in the Tyler area or those of you that have been in the Tyler area, you know that A Taste of North Delight has opened, the restaurant has been open for the last almost five weeks, and it's been an amazing experience People are coming in, and the growth of the restaurant is just on the move. So if you're ever in Tyler, Texas, stop by us and see us at 403 West Martin Luther King Boulevard, Tyler, Texas, 75702, and we'll be glad to welcome you into the restaurant and provide you with some amazing food. We have some outstanding chefs, and let me tell you, You'll come back that second time, that third time, and repeatedly because our guests are repeated guests, and the word is getting out. So I'm ready to get this show started. Uh, As you know, we're in election season, and February the 14th, that's Love Day. Uh, That begins our early voting for our primary. As you know, this is an election year, 2022. And it's our midterm election. And so this is probably, we say this all the time, but I am very serious. This is probably one of the most important elections that you're ever going to be involved in because there's so many things that are happening with voter uh, registration. And we're going to talk about that tonight because we have an amazing guest on uh, with us tonight and uh, a dear friend, none other than Dr. Carla Braley. And so, Dr. Braley, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And welcome to Marvelous Monday. We're so excited to have you on tonight. Uh, our regular team members will be coming in a little bit later on. But we're ready to get started to talk about your campaign. I am, I'm, first of all, congratulations on stepping up and stepping out. And so we're going to give the floor over to you. I'm going to start with a, a couple of things. And number one, we want all the audience to know exactly who you are. And many of our listeners all across Texas, all across the United States already know who you are. But for those that don't know, uh, go ahead and give us a little brief introduction. And then we're going to find out why you decided to take this big step. And then we're going to move forward from that. 
And so I and, and possibly your campaign manager may be on with you tonight. I hope so. If so, we'll give her an opportunity to talk as well. But we're going to start with you, Dr. Bradley, and uh, and, and give us a little uh, synopsis of who you are and what you've done uh, in your career. And I'm you that while you do that. Thank you, ma'am. All right. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for your commitment to continuously just be available and to be a messenger and a good messenger who also believes in good trouble. And so um, <laughs> it's nothing like good troublemakers. And um, uh, they have to, they have to um, remain uh, because uh, we are in some very troubling times. But let me just say, I am Carla Braley. I am running for lieutenant governor to serve um, this state in a way that it's, it's such close to our uh, our rights. Um, I am a native Houstonian. I'm a first-generation Texan. Uh, I got to Texas um, through my parents. They moved to Houston as a very young couple just to come for a better opportunity. Um, and they came so that they can dream as a young couple. And um, I've never left uh, the values that I have acquired from my family from a very, very small town uh, from uh, Abbeville, Louisiana, McKellar, and Dr. McKellar. And for me, I like to tell people while I was raised in a big city, I got to be in, the, um, in, in Louisiana during the summers. And so for me, that gives me a really vast understanding of the importance of why everyone matters in, in every geographical location. And we know there's a lot of that in, in Texas, why that matters. And so for me, um, while I have served as an educator for the past 20 years and dedicated my life to public service, I really believe that public service is not an option. Um, it is what we do and innately want to do it. Um, and so for me, I've been doing service in various capacities. Um, I do do a lot in, um, in the political realm because I do think that we're able to serve so many people through policy uh, policies and, and, and really supporting policymakers to be able to serve others. And so for me, the past three and a half years, um, I have served um, as the vice chair of the Texas Democratic Party, going everywhere Dr. Keller, people asked me to go unless there was a conflict. I, I just did it, and I did it because I thought that in order for Texas to move forward, um, we really had to really work locally. I do not believe that Texas can move forward without doing the work locally, and so that's what I've attempted to do. And when I was asked to, you know, really contemplate seriously getting in this race to run for lieutenant governor, on top of we're in a very bad place in troubled time, I really believe our democracy is at stake. And simply put, Dr. Keller, yes, ma'am. Dan Patrick okay. has to go. McKellar, did I say <laughs> um, McKellar? You know I know your name. Um, but Dr. McKellar, yeah, Dan, yes, Dan Patrick absolutely has to go. And having a conversation with my daughter, who is now 13, was 12 at the time, when, when she let me know that she understood that, you know, where we was and where we were, um, as as a state and how that was, she understood that that could even impact her rights as a little girl who's going to grow up into, you know, a woman. I knew that I had to do the work today so yes. that we would have a better tomorrow and a future for not only my daughter, but gener- her generation. And so that's important. And so for me, you know, we know that education is important. The late Barbara Jordan, you know, stated that education is the key to both economic 
and political empowerment. And we're seeing that. We're seeing what Republicans are putting on the table to teach us and our children about fear um, and, and not allowing them to see themselves in the very books that they are reading every day. Um, those are the things that we, you know, we, we have to fight for that teachers have worked their entire careers and still short on a retirement. We have to make room and space for all, for all Texans. And so for me, it's not just education, it's health care, it's jobs and, and, um, and an increase in wages, a livable wage. But, you know, I'm going to open it up now. But for me, I'm, I'm just a people's candidate, want to do the right thing for, for all Texans. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for that introduction. And, and you've, you've hit on, so there's so many things uh, that, that we're going to have to take a look at. We can see that our democracy is, is in peril. We know the issues with our voting laws and so forth. But, but I'm going to start at, at the ground. And for those people that don't really know what, uh, what the lieutenant governor does, if you can just kind of outline uh, some of the duties of the lieutenant governor and then how possibly that those duties correlate with the work that you have done. And I want to thank you and commend you for the great work. I have tracked you. We've, we've been out there on that battlefield together. We've had our boots on the ground. So I know the work that you have done. And so, but share with uh, our audience out there all across America uh, just exactly what that lieutenant governor's duties are. Thank you. What- well, thank you for that question. The lieutenant governor um, is known to be one of the most powerful positions in the state of Texas. One, we know that in the absence of the governor, the lieutenant governor um, becomes the acting governor. So that's one. But two, the most important is the lieutenant governor is basically the head of the Senate. And he or she, in this case it will be me, would be able to make appointments to all of the committees that move the Senate forward. So when we think about the education committee, when we think about energy, I mean, those very important um, committees, they actually select who will lead those committees, who will chair those committees. And then on whatever topic it is, it is the lieutenant governor who can decide where to send uh, um, legislation, where to send um, the discussion. And so depending on where... Um, that issue is sent, that bill is sent, it may never come out of that committee. So it may be something on alcohol that is sent to environment, and it just sits there, Um, you know, or it moves forward. So the lieutenant governor has the uh, authority to appoint those people who are going to lead in that way. And as well as to, you know, be able to make appointments even outside of the Senate. There's so many political appointments that the lieutenant governor has the ability to do. Um, and then um, really playing a very pivotal role in in deciding the, the, the agenda and the budget. Right. Very good. And, and we're going to hold that budget and the agenda right there. Uh, and then I want to talk about East Texas a little bit because you know I'm in East Texas, and you also know that that my background I'm a medical personnel, so I I was very upset with the fact that that Texas did not embrace Medicaid expansion 
simply because yeah. we have so many people here in East Texas that, number one, they don't have insurance, uh, and then, number two, they have to get their uh, health care uh, within the hospital setting and the emergency room, and then some of our hospitals ended up closing up here in East Texas simply because uh, they were trying to take care of people, uninsured people who did not have insurance, but they know that they had to have health care, so they got it in emergency rooms. Consequently, some of our hospitals closed. What are, what are your feelings about this Medicaid expansion, and how can you help us to make sure that we get that in Texas when you become the lieutenant? That is uh, one of the most important questions that we can ask. All of us um, are connected to this in one way or the other. I absolutely believe that it is essential that Texas expands affordable and accessible health care and Medicaid in Texas. There's about $10 million unused to provide the services necessary for Texans to live healthy lives. Unfortunately, even some Texans, who have access to health care, they're still facing high premiums, Dr. McKellar, that require them to choose between their health needs and and other necessary costs related to housing and food and utilities. This is, you know, this is very important. And we know that even in the rural areas, they're they're faced with not even having the house that they need, right, to just be able to not only, you know, survive but thrive in their communities. And then not to mention the high rates that black maternal um, that are facing black black mothers in terms of the maternal uh, mortality and morbidity rates. So I absolutely believe that we have to expand Medicaid and we have to you know make sure that um, we increase the amount of people that are going to be insured um, in our state because we're rather low um, in terms of how we how we rank even in the nation. Outstanding. Well. Let's let's look at then probably one of our most crucial issues that we're facing today, uh, healthcare wise, and then of course you know that is the COVID um, issue. Uh, now we're into the Omicron, and I know that you guys have experienced this heavily there in Houston, Texas. Uh, but today, and it looks like a year ago, we know where we were a year ago, and we were in the midst of the Delta variant. But now we're in the midst of the Omicron, and as of today, we had over 2,000 people who died of, uh, of the Omicron. And so it looks like that we're in this vicious cycle that, that obviously uh, hasn't gone away. COVID still exists uh, nowadays. So I remember, and you probably have read this as well, was a, a lady that stood up in the, um, the school board meeting and uh, – threaten and says that her children are not going to wear a mask and she reprimanded the school board there and I believe it was in uh, let's see I can't remember what maybe Alabama I'm not sure exactly where she was located but uh, but she threatened to to oh it was Virginia that's where it was and she was threatening to bring loaded weapons uh, if, in fact, that, that the school board voted to uh, have masks. What, what are your thoughts on mask mandates, considering all the issues that you're experiencing there uh, in uh, Houston, Texas, and, and across Texas? As you know, that we, we stay in that uh, up to one to five people uh, states in the union. We usually are up there pretty close. If we're not number six or a little bit below number five, then we're in the one, two, three, four, five category where of the highest cases 
uh, in America. Uh, do you think that we should be working towards uh, at least a, a mask mandate if, uh, if, in fact, we're not going to uh, mandate that people uh, get vaccinations? And, and we, of course, we know that in order for us to have gotten in public schools, we had to get um, we had to be vaccinated. That's why we no longer have polio because we got vaccinations. But what are your thoughts on this mandate? And this, uh, I think her name was Amelia King, I believe, that that made that threat. Are you familiar with that case? Uh, not not that uh, particular uh, case, uh, but I'm I'm very much what aware of, of 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 this debate, and you know. Doc, I, you know, I, I'm a social scientist. I'm a sociologist. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so I really believe that we just have to follow science. And we yeah. know that masks are saving lives. And, yeah. and, and we're the party about saving lives, um, you know, and we have to do all that we can to make sure that we are protected. Um, and the bottom line is it has been proven that masks um, have really protected us. And it doesn't mean that we have all the answers. You know this better than me, even as as a medical practitioner, right? Like we're still figuring this out. And I think that's even more reason why we should follow the guidelines um, of masking whenever possible, because we don't know um, who, you know, we didn't even know to really plan for this. And now that it's here and then now that it changes, you know, not by the day, but it changes frequent enough that we still can't get our hands around it. Um, but it, you know, w- within a time frame that is impacting them so so many people. So I do believe that even you know tomorrow it may be another debate, but I think we always need to do whatever we can do to be able to to protect and save lives. I mean, I think about that when I think about you know police brutality or you know how we need to have more diversity training um, to ensure that. Um, we can have better interaction, you know, between officers and 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 communities of color. Um, but for me, I still will put that, believe it or not, Doc, under the umbrella of saving lives. We have to do all that we can to ensure that people, you know, they're safe, but they also have a fair shot. And so for me, that's just the, you know, that's just what we have to do in terms of being responsible and accountable. And the first question you asked in terms of what does a lieutenant governor do and how has my background permitted me to be able to do that, I think one of the primary things is to have guts and to lead, lead in the way that we are doing all that we can to best serve all Texans, at least giving all Texans a fair shot for a high quality of life. And so when you talk about the mask mandate, to me, you know, it's not just about passing a rule or regulating just cause, but it's about regulating in this case to ensure that, you know, people, that that we're safe and that people, we can get back to functioning. It's not just as, you know, we're impacted as individuals. We talk about small business owners. You know, they provide a lot in our communities. And so when we can't do what we need to do to, to provide assistance um, to even making sure that they stay in business and are functional, then we're all impacted, right? And our economy is in impact as well. Excellent, excellent. So you mentioned a little early on about um, budgeting and the fact that, that is a, that's a big job that the lieutenant governor is part of. What is what is the most? I've had to cut a lot of budgets, and I, I understand 
trying to balance a budget, but what is the most challenging part of budgeting that you would say that you have experienced uh, in your career? Uh, budget, um, you know, well, my budget, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, part of the doc mm-hmm. is just budgeting your own daily life. Uh, Very good. <laughs> I mean, that's something that you do, um, and we and we all budget that. Now, and, and that in, in the scheme of that, I I served as the executive director of community affairs for the District of Columbia, and I provided oversight with a budget. It was probably about four million dollars or so. Um, I had nine offices that um, that reported to me or I provided oversight. And so um, at any given point, you know, we, we always had to balance the budget, and that was something that I actually had to do and go before uh, the council to, you know, to submit the budget for approval. Um, and so you know the political process of that, too. So it's, in this case, it's not just balancing the budget. It's also dealing with the, the politics and and the exchanges and, and the compromises and, and the coalitions that you're building to make sure that you, you're balancing the budget, but you're also appropriating um, funding to, um, to areas that we believe are going to be beneficial, you know, in this case, to all Texans. And, you know, we could talk about how, you know, uh, reappropriating funding um, related to public, uh, what does that look like? Um, and so, you know, I, while um, – um, I have not been lieutenant governor. Like I said, I think in my personal and professional life, at, at any given point, I've had to, you know, you make have to make those um, decisions and you have to go before, you know, a board or a council. In this case, mm-hmm. it would be, you know, the Senate and working with the governor. Very good. That, that's outstanding. You actually, you kind of already answered a, a question that I kind of had in mind and, and that was, um, that was a uh, example of uh, working with uh, a group of people that that you've been successful in accomplishing the task that you had set forth for them. I didn't know that part of your your career. That that's outstanding, and I'm sure you worked with a diverse group of people. Correct? Oh yes. Yeah. So um, when I served in the District of Columbia as the uh, executive director for Community Affairs, the office uh, we had the office of um, at the time it was GLBT. Uh, we had the like okay. Latino affairs, woman affairs, uh, reentry uh, uh, citizen office. Um, so it was oh, just a number of African affairs. Um, Washington D.C. has a has a, um, a, a a large number um, of um, um, you know African culture there, and so sure. we had an office specifically designated for that constituency group. Um, and so, you know, I had to make sure that um, everything was in sync and that we were um, making, you know, uh, the engaging and interacting in a way that everyone felt like they were a part of, you know, Washington, uh, D.C. Um, and that's what we did. And, and it was and, and sometimes even when you had to, um, you know, cut, um, um, cut your budget, you know, sure. you still could not cut your services, Doc. At the end of the day, your goal is to make sure that you put, and not politics or profit. And so that's the kind of leadership that we have to have. And I know that even in this election, you know, we may not have a, you know, a Democratic Senate. Well, you know, that's going to be hard-pressed to to have that just go around. Right. Right. 
I, I agree with you 100%. Well, I want to know some, some values of life. Let, let's back up back to public school and public education. Uh, you threw that in there again. And so I thought about, uh, I thought about the virtual uh, education that we've had to deal with during COVID and, of course, the face-to-face. And then we know that, uh, that, that we have a lot of students and educators that have been out of school, even in very recently, uh, a little over a week ago here in our area, one of our school districts had to shut down because they had 500 uh, new cases that developed uh, during that one day, and uh, probably over a fourth of those, well, I know over a fourth of those that was reported were the educators. So therefore, the school district had to shut down since uh, I think that was Wednesday that it happened. So they shut down Thursday and Friday and Monday, and then they returned back to school on uh, Tuesday. So uh, and and so we understand and we know that that students learn better when they're in front of the educator. But what what are your thoughts uh, on that? I'm not going to ask a specific. A question on I just want to know what your thoughts are as far as virtual uh, well I guess it's kind of asking you virtual versus uh, face-to-face even though we're we're in a pandemic still well you know um, I think if you had asked me this you know last year we probably would have all said that you know virtual is best um, we okay. know that these are just challenging circumstances doc um, and we don't want to stop living. We don't want to stop being functional. Um, and, again, we want to, you know, work in a way that we're sustaining and saving lives. Um, but we also know that, you know, people, you know, we need human interaction. And we want to have some level of freedom and, and, and choice uh, that what works uh, with, with districts. Um, but I do think you always have to lean on science. And I think that, um, you know, we have enough experts in the field and we have enough people like you that's following this. I've talked to doctors, medical doctors, who also have children, Doc, and, and, and they're even split on this. They're even split. And I, I don't know about you, but I have to say sometimes it feels good to have human interaction. <laughs> sometimes I think we may have forgotten that before. Um, so I do think, though, um, that we need to make sure that our school systems are up to par, that that we sure. offer in a high-quality virtual education when we offer it. But, see, that also still ties into, you know, the whole energy, you know, piece that we got to make sure that um, students and children and families that are in rural areas, that they have access to, you know, digital learning. You know, just the, the digital divide is, is great in some, in some places. And it's usually in rural areas. So we have to do a better job in that. So we can't just talk about education and, you know, and not talk about some of these other areas that we have disparities, right, or some don't have the access because these things are inextricably linked. Um, And so, yeah, I just had to bring that up because, you know, there is a great digital divide that sometimes we don't acknowledge. Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. And I can tell you uh, this, Dr. Braley, that, the big issue that we had here in East Texas was even though the young young folk were given the computer and and whatever uh, technical technological device that was given by that school district, we didn't have the broadband, we didn't have the internet service where they were able to log on and do their work 
so that created a problem as well. So you're 100% correct. Well, the, the next question I, I, I want to ask you is about what, what long-range goals, even short, short goals and long-range goals, that you'd like to see or that you want to uh, uh, implement once you become lieutenant governor. You're so blessed to do that. Well, um, thank you for that. Um, number one, I think you know we have to we have to make sure that we um, provide the means for our education system, educational system, to be competitive and to ensure that students are getting the exposure and they're getting the exposure to vocational learning, to community colleges, and that the education that students are getting it doesn't matter about their zip code. It doesn't matter about their race. It matters that at the end of the day, we're providing that high-quality, inclusive education so that we have a a workforce and a better future in Texas. Because if we don't prepare the workforce, then that's going to impact what Texas looks like later, 10 years from now. And so we also just want to make sure that we're providing our students with choice. Um, and, and that is going to be, you know, very important that we tackle um, um, education. And we, hey, schools are here, um, and, you know, there's a, that ongoing debate, but no funding should get in the way of traditional public schools getting what they need to offer the services that our students need. So that's important. I like um, and <laughs> I already mentioned we have to expand Medicaid. It makes no sense that we have some of the lowest insured, um, uh, 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 you know, we're among some of the lowest insured residents in the nation. This is Texas. We have the the world's largest uh, hospital system, right, medical system. And yeah. and this is what we're faced with. And, you know, most recently, I'm not sure if you followed the um, the workers who wanted to do the, the Kroger, uh, what did, no one really ever wants to, to strike but made the decision to, um, you know, um, really address going on strike, not because it was, you know, related to their wages, but it wasn't um, in that case. But what it was was the high premiums that they were faced with. And we're leaving money on the table. And people are having to choose, do they pay their, you know, housing, or do they pay for their health care, for not only themselves, but their families. So those things are important. We could talk about the power grid. We know that that's essential. We, um, you know, we, none of us should have been in a situation that we were in last year. And quite frankly, we don't know if we're still in that situation. Um, but I also think it's bigger than just the power grid. We have to make sure that we're, you know, really focusing on renewable energy and that we are doing all we can to, you know, oil and gas is there, but we need to expand and we need to be innovative and we need to, you know, make sure that we have the right people on these appointments. But again, to, you know, understand that how that's still a part of the infrastructure that we have to advance. And that's going to require us to be partners. You know, that's going to require us to look at federal regulations and see what can we mimic in our in our state um, that can make sure, you know, that, that our, our residents, that, that Texans, um, have these opportunities, and then, you know, we, we, you know, we really have to make sure that voting rights, women's oh, rights, yeah. transgender rights—I mean, rights—people deserve rights. Human rights sure. are essential. It's a part of our constitution, and so, and and I'm gonna tell you, one of the major questions, Doc, is they'll ask, 
well, which one of these are, you know, most important? I think you have to do all of them at the same time. And that's why you have to have a leader to be innovative and understand that you bring in experts and experts who are not always invited to the table. For, for a very long time, we've only been dealing with corp- corporations, and we have to deal with people like you. We have to deal with, you know, activists, you know, on the ground. We have to deal yes. with professors who study this stuff every day and bring them into the dialogue so that we can be innovative and in thinking about what the future looks like for Texas, because this is our home. This is all of our Excellent. homes. Excellent. I love I, I love how you speak. As a matter of fact, your comment that you just made reminded me of one of our our team members. He's not going to be able to be on tonight, and that's uh, that's Dr. Richard Hackney, and he calls it the uh, octopus uh, uh, plan or project, and that is to reach more than one issue. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He looks at. Uh, the medical side, the educational side, all of those, and he said we have to work them all together at the same time. You have you to. And guess what? Thing. If you have not had those lived experiences like we've had to make a way out of no way, there you right, go. to make, you know, <laughs> you know, lemonade out of one, <laughs> lemon, you know, if you, yeah. if you have never had to do that, you can't go in thinking and seeing through those lens. Exactly. But you can't, you That's, can't, this, this stuff is, you know, has the ability to change lives overnight. Absolutely. And, I, and quite frankly, I don't talk about it enough. We have to do more for small businesses. Um, yes, ma'am. Yeah. So, so <laughs> there's a lot to be done all at the same time. Absolutely. That's all at the same time. Well, you mentioned Texas and we all, we all are Texans. We all live here. It's so amazing, don't you think, that that the great state of Texas, that, that with all the resources and all the things that we have, that, that we're low on the totem pole when it comes to education and health care, all of these very important issues, we should be rated number one uh, on these things instead of at the bottom, would you say? Oh, absolutely. Don't. Hey, you are Texan just like me, and you know, you know, Doc. You, we just as competitive. Do you, and not just competitive, but we also love people who we serve. Right? We take this very seriously exactly. to be in public service. And do you like to be um, a loser? I don't like to be losing for what? We don't have to lose. You are great, Texan. No. You're brilliant. You're brilliant. Have anyone called you lately to figure this stuff out? We're in a very bad place in Texas, and we don't have to be. Have you got a phone call lately to say, Doc, what, what, what's your – That's why I'm so happy to hear that we're going to have people – we have the right people that are running for these offices so that we can – it's time for a change. It's time for others to be on boards appointed, and we're, we're interested in looking at those boards and, and all the things that we can do to help because, as you know – uh, I ring my bell every single day for East Texas. I am inter- I'm interested in all of Texas, but I have to take care of home first, right? And Absolutely. then spread out. Mm-hmm. And East Texas has been overlooked. What can and you guess what? I won't be look- overlooking it. So that's why after this <laughs> call, we have to talk because I got to figure out when and how I'm getting to East Texas. If it's virtually, if I'm going to be on the ground. Um, I, I right. don't think you could win Texas without without East Texas. So, you um, cannot. 
so, go, go. Yeah. So I'm not that candidate, doctor. <laughs> okay. That's outstanding. Well, I really, really, really like uh, the things that you're saying uh, in regards to this. And we'll just talk a little bit about that power grid and that renewable energy because we know here we are in January, one year later, and, and none of us knew about ERCOT. And, you know, we thought we just had plenty of energy we would never have experienced. Let me share this with you, Doc, that we went for 65 hours with no heat. I mean, 65 hours. It was freezing. We had to sit in our car to uh, plug up our cell phones to keep going to be able to reach the homeless uh, community and all the people that are constituents that are in my district. We had to set up warming centers. And so we had to keep moving in order to be able to take care of those people who absolutely could not take care of themselves. And I thank some of my citizens who came by and brought us food and whatever. But but what are your – I mean, did you know anything about ERCOT? I mean, I have never even heard of them, really. Uh, I know – I remember several years back that there was an issue about our energy, but I guess I'd kind of forgotten about the name of the people who were in charge. But what are your thoughts with that? How can we make sure that when you get in office that we never have this kind of experience ever again? Well, let me just personalize this. We are still living with my parents, not because um, um, our insurance company has not come through for us, but really I'm, I'm busy. I'm a single mother. I just went up for tenure. There are a lot of reasons that it's like, and it was just unexpected. But let me say this. We have been out of my home since February the, what, what is that, the 16th, 15th? Um, oh, my. Because my, 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 my kitchen was totally demolished from the burst. Uh, I had three pipes to burst. Um, and so we're still going through it. And that's a personal story. Um, I have a daughter who has asthma. So think about in my mind, like, oh my God, we have no access to electricity just in case she needs to be on the breathing machine. So my point in saying that story is that I understand doc. No, we didn't. None of us knew about the situation we were in. And that's why we got to have accountability. We have to have transparency. But that's why we have to have leaders that are leading for the people, by the people. And what we saw with the ERCOT situation, that was profit and politics over people. And we happen to be all of us, the people. Um, And the reality is, you know, we have to weatherize, you know, weatherize. Uh, uh, the whole system, um, which I don't think that we're still up to par with that. Uh, we have to make sure that we're following, following science, engineering, all of that is a part of science. We have to make sure that we have the best tools, the best equipment, um, and uh, we, we can't get around. We can't get around that, and we can't be afraid to venture out, right, and continue to be the long ranger. There are federal regulations that are out there, and there are partnerships that we can make. But Texas, is it does its own thing. But if we don't do our own thing, we need to do our own thing right. And does it still make (laughs) sense to do our own thing? I mean, so many of us have not only survived but thrived because we partnered with people. Right. That's right. Um, and, That's and, you know, we whether it's through our businesses, whether it's through our personal life or we marry, we date, but you partner. Many of us who 
you know, going attended, you know, uh, high school, college. You partnered yeah. to get through some That's of those classes. And, right. and Texas has not um, developed partnerships um, that put people at the center because we, we have partnered a lot with corporations. You know, they've been the ones, that, um, you know, in terms of the major corporations, you know, to, to really kind of benefit from a lot of this stuff. But we have to be willing to do politics different. And, um, exactly. and, and we can't. The the ERCOT situation showed us it 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 lifted the veil to show yeah. us what's happening and that even for some of us who want to pay attention, it's the, the information is just not there. So the transparency isn't there, and you know that's the kind of leader you want. You want to you know beta you know face to say you know doc we have some problems. Let me let let me let me let me get the best people that understand this, let's get them all at the table and let's talk through this. Who are our stakeholders here? Um, And we can't go in there like we know everything because anyone who tells you they know everything, my grandmother told me a long time ago, they probably know nothing or limited knowledge. (laughs) You know, because when when you are smart, you know, enough, and I don't mean just education, you know, do traditional education, but Right. Why people know when to say, I don't know, but let me call Doc. Let me call Dr. McKellar. Let me call someone, you know. So I'm with you. I, I agree with you 100% that nobody knows everything, knows it all. And, that's, and you know, something else I want to mention. I, I think that Texas is proud when they – say out there in in the real world, Texas is a country all of its own. That that's not anything to be proud of because just because of what you just said, how we have to collaborate with others because even the great state of Texas doesn't know everything and we may have to reach out to another state that have experienced things that could help us through situations. So you said that so well. So, Dr. Braley, I'm going to bring uh, Mr. Arthur Fleming in. I'm sure that you know he's one of our uh, team members on Marvelous Monday, and so he's on. So he wanted to say a little bit about, I think, the power grid. But, Mr. Arthur, are you there? Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing tonight, Ms. Braley? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Thanks for joining us. Or let me join yeah. you all. <laughs> We're so happy to have yes. you on tonight, uh, Dr. Braley. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. A couple of things. Uh, uh, as far as the power grid, uh, we need to be on the national grid. We need to, you know, we need y'all to support profit, whatever it is they're doing. It, it, it's not working. We need to be off of that. Uh, the national grid didn't have a problem that we had. We we had that problem because. Nobody's nobody's regulating them. We don't have any regulations in Texas worth two cents. We, you you can't even tell me where all the where all the chemicals are in Texas because they don't have to report it. So you know so we got some problems in that area. Uh, 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 you know as you said uh, earlier. And as far as the lieutenant, uh, 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 governor, uh, one problem we have like in our community is. Uh, at, when the legislation is made, nobody tells us where to go stand, create organizations to uh, do business with with the state government where we can get some of our money back. So what would you do in the area of that to facilitate uh, the red line being included uh, in the main line as far as the economy in Texas? Okay, I don't know if I followed. Um, state, restate your question. 
uh, on, on the uh, lieutenant governor, one of the problems we have as a community is nobody, nobody helps our, our entrepreneurs, uh, nobody direct our entrepreneurs to create type organizations we need to to do business with the state government. Therefore, it's the same good old boy system, same folks getting all the money. I'm saying, what could you do oh, as lieutenant yes, governor? Yes, yes, What could yes, you do yes, as lieutenant I, I, governor to help mm-hmm. facilitate? Because our our uh, our our representatives that's down there, they seem to get sucked up into the system when they get down there, and they don't particularly advocate for anything. So, you know, what would you do to uh, help the red line communities? Uh, uh, you know, get involved as far as entrepreneur making money, working with the state government. I was build back better money when they come out and all this stuff, the roads and bridges, and so you know. So, so what are you gonna do? Well, you know, I, I started talking about um, the importance of really supporting our, our small businesses early, and and, and and even in that sense, minority businesses. Um, and you just have to make room. You have to use your weight at that point as lieutenant governor. Trust and believe you can convene some tables, right? Not just a table, some tables to really, you know, kind of talk about this. And that's what you do when you start meeting with you know, various senators across the aisle, you know, because this, you know, this situation is not just going to be a democratic situation. And so you, you, you know, you meet with chambers across the um, the state of Texas to see how we can be supportive there. But, you know, you try to be creative and see what, you know, um, bills that senators can support. Um, but you just have to be. Well, well now what I'm asking, no, 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 I'm going to ask about the policy. So I'm asking, will you advocate, advocate, <clears throat> Or uh, uh, more business being done with the red line communities. Uh, I mean, you know, I, because see, what oh, happens but normally? I mean, yes, that, yeah, I mean, because what happens normally? Because, yeah. the, because what happens normally is uh, our representatives go to Austin, and they first of all, you know, everything's not equal. We need equity, not equalness. Uh, everything is equal, mm-hmm. so they go down there and negotiate as though we're equal. And so they they wind up giving away, you know, our position or our goodwill or whatever we have from the beginning. And I'm saying, you know, when they should be advocating for those things. So I'm just saying that uh, will you advocate for, for you know, uh, these communities to be included? You know, Texas is a minority is a majority minority state, and so you know some changes need to be made in those areas. So I'm just saying, will you advocate for that or? You know, you just try to do the best you can. No, I'm an advocate. My entire life, I've been an advocate. I started off saying, you know, I'm a I'm a good troublemaker, and Doc is too. Uh, no, that's what I do. Yeah. So to answer your question, it's it's really like a poor. You know, I I would know not to do it. I you know that's just you know I think when you talk about fairness, um, and you talk about equity, you have to you know. You have to, you know, you have to advocate. You have to be unapologetic and intentional about having an agenda that is going to increase the quality of life for everyone. And usually that everyone are people that are usually not invited to the table or at least exposed uh, to things that, you know, are happening at the good old boy table that many times we don't know about. So, yes, 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 yes. Well- I don't know if you heard, since you mentioned the table, I don't know if you heard or not, but 
you know, the Michael Cooper campaign for governor, uh, you know, we're not asking for a seat at the table. We're going to bring our own table. And I think the same about Yeah, Chisholm talks about bring your, bring your own chair. It, it's so many different ways you can, you know, you can look at it. Um, so, yeah, you, you can bring the table. You can bring your chair. You can bring a different type of folding chair. Um, but, yeah. But but the one thing you don't have to do is, you know, ask because change doesn't happen usually from asking. It happens from, you know, from demanding it. Yeah. From no action. Amen. 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 Let me ask you this, Doc, um, and I don't know how much you follow this, but uh, the latest thing in our community is the uh, 5G Powers that are being uh, mm-hmm. set up uh, for um, cell phones, and so a lot of the constituents feel that uh, that it's a potential uh, health hazard. And um, but we have difficulties, and in, in sometimes in our phone service and so forth. So we have a we have a, a really large one that has already been placed up in in my district. And so so, what are you, your thoughts? in regards to our 5G system, and I'm sure that it's being done in Houston, Texas as well. Yeah, I think it happened around the same time as as COVID, right, the pandemic. (laughs) You know, we heard that it could be connected in, you know, I have to say I have to read more. Um, So far, what I have read, it's not a direct connection, but, um, you know, I honestly have to say that I, I would have to talk to people who really, um, really do the research um, um, around that. I know in the beginning, um, because I was even hesitant, you all, I have to be honest, because, you know, none of us okay. really understood the pandemic. And um, and it, it we, we started hearing about both of those, from what I recall, you know, really at mm-hmm. the same time. Um, and so I think that we have to have, you know, more research, what the reality is when you talk about, you know, like an AT&T, that's a large corporation. And, yeah, let me tell you a little bit about, um, about 5G. Well, well, well you know, I, I think that the people, I think about uh, the ultra-violent uh, lights and the fact why, in the sun even, why, that's why when our parents would tell us to put on some sunscreen out there mm-hmm. uh, so that it won't damage the, uh, our skin cells and our DNA, so, so, but, but, Mr. Arthur, you, I think that you wanted to yeah. say something in regards to it. Is yeah. that right? Is that what you're about to say? Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say something about five. Yeah, about five G. Basically, base what base what five G is. I mean, I am I'm speaking generally. This and and, 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 and and I guess this is it's one of you know what we're hearing all the scary stuff about this that nothing. It's not it's not necessarily about no radio radioactivity. Uh, it, it's basically uh, it's kind of like a world. It's kind of like a, they're hooking up a worldwide grid, basically, for the mouse to. And you know, anytime you hook up anything worldwide, right? You know what I mean? It's like it's like, uh oh, who doing it? Why they doing it? Uh, what it mean? What does it mean for me? You see what I'm saying? So basically, uh, I don't know if y'all have you you you've heard of Tesla, right? Tesla, you know, the electric cars, oh. all that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, okay, well, he, uh, okay, well, he was about all that. He was about all that worldwide grid hooking up everything. So so that's kind of what, you know, so folks trying, trying to see what it is now. The, the airlines, 
had, had negotiated, uh, you know, uh, on, uh, if they had either had negotiated, and now I don't know if they threw or not, but but some of the airlines uh, had nego- uh, that, that was negotiating with them because they said those those 5G towers were too close to their airports and was causing, you know, that right. you know, so they, you know, they, you know, so, so they had some problems with it from that perspective. So right. really, well, well, we, I, we can have some problems, Mr. Arthur, even from from radio frequencies if they are too close to the, to the uh, airport where the when the ta- when the flights are flying in and and you cannot connect with the towers on the ground with the t- with the guys in the air. So, uh, so there's all you know. Kinds you don't want to live. Well, you know, you don't want to live too close to power lines either, right? You know, there you go. You know, you know, exactly. You know, so, so, you know, so you know, kind of same things. You know, yeah, kind of same things. So you know, it's about like where, where you know, where you know, where the towers, you know, uh, you know, what type of, you know, what are they emitting, da la la la, and nobody really kind of, you know, nobody really really know about it. You know, you know, you know they're, they're not running out giving us advertisements on, hey, five G. You know, don't worry about the. You know, you know they're not saying none of it. They're just putting them up. Exactly. So, you know. Okay. Yeah, that's hey, hey, Doc, I have a question for uh, your guest tonight. Oh, hello there, Pastor Cooper. Come on in there. How are hey, you doing? Wonderful, wonderful. Hey, Doctor Brayley, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? Wonderful. Hey, listen, I don't know if the uh, listeners have heard, but I. I've been listening, I think, since about 802, so I didn't hear you uh, say anything. So I'm going to help you toot your own horn. Uh, was it correct that you were vice chair of the Texas Democratic Party? Oh, yes. Yeah, for the past like, three and a half years, I also served as the Democratic National Committee, the DNC's um, co-chair um, for the Interfaith Council for two right. years. Right, okay. And, mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, uh, and, and what we like to do is vet the candidates, and sometimes in that vetting, uh, they get to discover, the listeners get to discover that we have uh, uh, viable candidates, and so I wanted them to know that, and that it, that is a elected position, is that not correct? Yes, so usually uh, probably about anywhere from 6,500 to 7,000 7, or so delegates. Um, That's right. We, we have a convention, in this case, um, every four years. And one is coming up, and uh, they get together, and you have to, you know, do a, a full-fledged campaign where you, you know, you develop an agenda, a platform, and, you know, you travel across Texas. And as vice chair, I've been privileged to, to be elected, but also just really be able to, to get to know our state better um, and understand a lot of the differences and even in some cases disparities um, around our state, but also really to engage um, people of color, uh, black, you know, black folks to make sure that they are part of the, the electoral process. They're engaged in and out of the political season and not, you know, just, you know, interacting with that particular community during Labor Day, right? Um, so those are things that I attempted to do as, as vice chair. And also women. Um, for, under my uh, leadership, we had women win in Texas. And while, you know, we can say things like that just in passing, Texas had never had that for women. And so it allowed us to be able to see not just women candidates, but women staffers and women who just, who who vote. You know, we are some of the primary voters, you know, across the state. So those are kind of things that I focus on. And on top of that, asking the hard questions, because sometimes people don't want you to ask those um, those type of questions. 
Pastor Cooper. So um, I've I've been known to, you know, to push us for, you know, accountability and transparency. And we appreciate that. I'm sorry, Pastor Cooper, I'm going to throw this in there, is that that, uh, Dr. Braley and Pastor Cooper, we're looking for someone to unite Texas because we're very divided. And so it's great to have these two great candidates on. Now I'll give it back to you, Pastor Cooper. Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, I've, I've witnessed her, her work across the great state of Texas, been in some of the same rooms and some of the same Zooms. Uh, so my question uh, is, what have you learned in the past three and a half years that's uh, probably most important? Now, I heard you mention something about uh, getting women, more women elected, but what, what's one other thing that's really pressing on your heart since you've been uh, traveling across the state of Texas? Thank you for that question. You know, uh, one is we just have to engage people, right? And everyone matters, and black people certainly matter. Um, and, and that's a big thing, engagement, because I really believe that if we not only engage our communities, um, well, I shouldn't say not if we engage our communities, then we would even see more candidates coming out of our communities that they can lead and they look like the community that allows us to be even more diverse in, in terms of the leadership in the Democratic Party. Um, and and then we're able to just expose people, you know, um, and that's what I was able, you know, to do because, quite frankly, some, you know, you know, in terms of the messaging around who and what the party is or does, um, I think I was, I was, I made myself accessible and made sure that um, that those type of um, uh, messaging uh, was done where people mattered and their issues mattered. And I think that we still, you know, we still have a ways to go. But my thing, what I try to do, Pastor Cooper, is make room for others. That is what I aim to do, to make room for others. If that was my, that's what I wanted my legacy to be, that it wasn't just for me. It was for other other people who were not always engaged in the process. And now, you know, we have, you know, our first, uh, you know, it's a co-executive director, um, and, 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 and that, was, that was some work, right, you know, um, to, to make sure that we had the right candidate and someone who understood the process and could get through the process. Um, and so proud that that happened under, you know, under my leadership. Um, of course, I won't take 100% credit for that. Put his name out there so that all of those that are listening everywhere will know exactly who he is. That's correct. Oh, oh, are you speaking about Jamar? Yes, yes ma'am. Jamar Brown. Yeah, Jamar Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamar yeah. Brown yeah. is doing a, a wonderful job, a wonderful job, and we have to always, you know, support each other. We can always find something that's not all the way right. But my grandmother said that's not what it's all about. It's to find what people do right, and you meet them where they yeah. are. Yeah. Very good. So. I like <laughs> and Go I ahead, mean that because I think that Jamar is doing a wonderful job, but my point is we just have to always be supportive of one another um, because oftentimes we're not getting the resources that others get. Absolutely. I just wanted to put his name out there so those that are listening out there will know exactly who he is and the great work that he is doing for the uh, Democratic Party of Texas. Yes, absolutely. He's doing a great job. Great job. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Pastor Cooper. We'll give it back to you. 
No, I, I just wanted to give her the floor to, uh, to shed light on those things, and I just wanted the listeners to know that uh, her background and the fact that she's been working statewide, and she is correct. Jamar Brown is doing a wonderful job. There, there's a lot of things he's doing where uh, uh, the predecessors uh, didn't follow up on, where, where he's making those phone calls, putting boots to the ground. That's what it takes. It, it takes a team to make the dream work. Yep, agree. Very good, very good. Well, I, I have one final question. We've kept you on for an hour, and, and you've been amazing. I've enjoyed uh, the interview with you. So I, I want to hear what uh, I, I know that we have a person that's sitting there in that position that's been there for a minute. And so I want to find out what it is that makes you a better candidate than I already know the answer to this. This is kind of a rhetorical question, right? But I want all the audience out there to keep what makes you a better candidate than this guy that's in office right now? Well, I'm Carla Braley running for lieutenant governor. I'm Carla Braley running for lieutenant governor. I'm Carla Braley running for lieutenant governor to boot out and unseat a man who does not care about other men and women in our state. I care about people. My entire life has been dedicated to bring about better lives quality of life for everyone you know um and, and oftentimes i'm you know i'm i'm from the black community um it's been very good to me uh, and and we know even in terms of civil rights civil rights wasn't just all about black people civil rights so many people are still benefiting from the civil rights movement and and that's what you know that's what this is all about i'm the best candidate because i'm the people's candidate i'm the best candidate because i really believe that if we don't stop Texas now with this anti-democratic movement, we will see that what's happening in Texas will spread because so goes Texas, goes the nation. And so for such a time as this, as my grandmother would say, we need, we need leadership that's willing to stand in the gap and ensure that, that people, all people can experience democracy, right? That, that is for all of us. All of them. No, that's and, and that's why I'm here. Very, very good. Well, we, uh, certainly we can't let you get away before before we just bring up uh, 6 January 2021. What are your thoughts? You, well, you know, um, insurrection. My thoughts are a bit different um, than probably most of the world because on that day I became a mother. To my beautiful daughter Marley, and so it's oh. a very dear day to me. Um, and sure. so I, you know, I say, you know, you know, what some meant for bad, God meant for good. And so oh, on that goodness. day, good, good happened um, for me. <laughs> uh, but I tell yeah. you, you know, um, the reality is um, that should never have happened. Um, the incident in which you're referring to, um, and quite frankly, had it been anything other than white males it wouldn't have been able to happen, um, you know, um, and the reality is we have work to do. And that's why, yeah. you know, I, you know, I said I was going to be courageous and do the right thing to get in this, to, to get in this fight. We got to fight um, because we cannot just let them have the state and, and, and impact all of us in a way that that's just not helpful. It's not helpful to the to today and it's not helpful for us to have a future and, Texas is our home. I said that before. It belongs yeah. to all of us. And, you know, I don't know, you know, about you all, but my dad said, you know, you just got to protect your home. 
Everybody should That's be able it. to come in your home and do everything. And sometimes you got to put people out. And Dan has to go. <laughs> I like that. Well, that that was beautiful. So well, so well said. And um, so I don't know, Mr. Arthur. I don't know if you have any any other questions for Dr. Braley. And we're gonna we're gonna let her get off. And maybe she's gonna do her last second uh, stump speech, or she's probably already done it because she has done an amazing <laughs> interview for the no, last hours. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. I, I just want to I, I just want to say to to you know to her and to any of my African American candidates that in order for you to win, you must be unapologetically who you are. To be anything else, uh, mean that you're just going to lose. So, uh, and, and then have the understanding that civil rights, uh, the civil rights that we have in America, America, white America, didn't have them before we got them. The fact of the matter is, whatever rights we get uh, right now, it's, it's, it's privileged for white folks, We and we're trying to get the actual rights. So, uh, what's good for African Americans is good for everybody. You, you, you just look, whatever we've gotten, everybody has gotten it after we got it. So even if we get reparations, I guarantee you, everybody in America is going to get reparations. But anyway, just uh, stay, you know, say folks, just be a project who you are. Uh, your base, your base is black folks. So that's all I want to say about that. Well, I, 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 I thank you for reiterating that. That was what I alluded to with the civil rights movement. Um, so many people um, still benefit from the civil rights movement, um, and um, and I'm 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 a proud black black woman, black mother, black daughter, black sister, um, and uh, I love it. I mean, um, you know, I I'm a product of of uh, majority black education my entire life starting you know from a very early age and finishing up at Howard University for me I'm very proud um, of what we've been able to do through struggle we we have been resilient we continue to be resilient and we hold our heads up um, to tell our stories and prepare our children um, so that they can you know be resilient as well so the legacy that we have um, is definitely um, so much a part of America's story and how it has survived. Beautiful. So so well said. Listen, it's been amazing having you on uh, with us tonight. Um, and, and let me offer my condolences for the um, the loss of your international president for Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Thank you. And uh, it just reminds uh, yeah, me of... My condolences, my Yes, yes. Yes, thank my, you. Thank uh, you. Mr. Arthur is my fraternity brother, and uh, so that's from the uh, from the hearts of uh, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, where I actually Gamma Omicron Omega chapter, where I served as the uh, president uh, until uh, the 31st of December, and so uh, oh, and wow. I'm having the privilege of being I've been appointed to the international level now. So um, so, but I I just wanted to mention that we were very sad. Uh, to hear about your president. Thank you. Thank you Thank for you that. So I, I receive that and our sorority received that. Thank you all for what you do. Um, and I, I, I got to see you all. We got to do something together, you all. Um, Absolutely. East Texas is, East Texas is waiting. It's, it's very important. Wait. Yes. Yeah. East Texas oh. is waiting. You can decide whether it's going to be virtually or whether it's going to be in person. Uh, we actually had candidates, and, and, and uh, Pastor Cooper was here when was it? About two weeks ago, Pastor Cooper. Uh, that I was has been. Yeah, I think it was yeah. the eighth because my daughter's birthday was the sixth, and so we we were celebrating her birthday that weekend. So I'm pretty sure, sure it was around yeah. that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Pastor Cooper. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I speak through all the time. Hey, hey, I was there this, this morning. Hey, hey Pastor Cook, could you tell to tell us tell us what the uh, what's the name of the East Texas those those beautiful East Texas voters? What, what, what those are Rose voters. The Rose. The, <laughs> the East Texas. The East Texas Rose voters. Okay. Yes, sir. They're gonna be so, on because Bradley, at the new table. But Tyler, Texas is, is the rose capital of the world. You, uh-huh. you already know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. I need to go get my roses. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you were saying yeah. Let's go get our roses. Let's go get some roses. Yeah. Yes. Well, well, I I grew up in in the rose fields of East Texas, Tyler, Texas, mm. in particular. Uh, Dr. Bradley, when you come to Tyler, Texas, in 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 my history, if you ask about roses, you're going to be directed to my farm, and so uh, my family did watermelons, roses, potatoes, and so uh, so I'll tell you a quick story before you leave. When I when I got, got married, just before I got married, my husband sent me a dozen of red roses while he was still my fiance, and so I said. Why are you sending me roses? I grew up getting roses all of mm-hmm. my life. <laughs> so, anyways, it was it was an ongoing yeah, joke, that, and I, I was very serious yeah. when I was younger. So I, I grew up, and then I became a mature person. But anyway, well, I thank you so much for roses. Mm-hmm. Come on and get the roses. They're the most beautiful roses, roses and the most beautiful azaleas are, are grown right here in Tyler, Texas. And so we look forward to to your coming. And uh, reach out to us and let us know when that will be. And perhaps we'll have uh, Pastor Cooper right back here at the same time. So we'll have the governor and lieutenant governor at the same time. Thank you so much for being here. Any any final comments? Anything that you'd like to share with us before you take off? Because we don't want to. We don't want to tie you up. My comment is: cannot Carla Brayley cannot become lieutenant governor without you. East Texas is going to be prominent in terms of turnout, in terms of those numbers that are going to matter. And you all, we can do this. Don't let anybody tell you it's not possible. The numbers are there. If we turn out the vote, and we got to multiply. So I know some of you all already vote, but you got to go find five other people, ten other people that you bring with you. And we can do this. The numbers are there that we can do this. I can be your next, hey, hey, our hey. next lieutenant governor, Carla Brayley. I hope I can have your support. Hey, 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 hey Carla, just one more thing. Hey, hey Carla, just one more thing. Uh, a, a friend of mine uh, uh, told me that, that one of her relatives who who who, who voted, he just got a, a, a thing from the from the Secretary of State's office saying that saying that he was a felon because he was kicked off the road. He was a felon. He's not a felon. So what are we going to be doing to combat if, if they just going to be doing stuff like that down the down the state house? I mean, how are we going to? We just got to keep we gotta going, get a, Yeah, we're gonna have to keep. We, I mean, we got to call it out. We got to have a team that's gonna take care of that. Right, the problems, and we have to have a team that's pulling folks to the polls. So remember, I said this stuff is inextricably linked, and we got to be doing everything all at the same time. Got to, you just got to, we got to do it. We got to, we gonna have to push. You know, uh, you know, change does not come from asking; it comes from demanding. It comes from action, and we just have to have a plan to to deal with you know those issues, and then pull the people out. It's all about turnout. It's all about turnout. Exactly. Got to turn out the well, well, 
but the great thing is that we 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 see that problem, so we can prevent that problem because mm-hmm. we've already foreseen it. Mr. Arthur's already let us know that this thing exists, so we know how to uh, we know how to pull that team together and make sure that mm-hmm. that that false information is not pushed out there to the voters. And remember, February the 14th begins early voting, and January the 31st is the last day for us to get ourselves out there and register some more people because there are some people out there who are not registered that need to be voting. Thank you so much, Dr. Brayley. It has been amazing having you on this evening. We look forward to Thursday, everybody. She's going to be on our – and, Dr. Brayley, that show on Thursday is actually also part – of the Fez uh, Roco television, so we will. Even though you'll be in Houston, but we'll be uh, we'll be live and we'll be on television, so that people can come back and listen to your interview at any given time that they want to. So we look forward to having you on this coming Thursday on KGLD 107.9 FM and 13:30 AM. Thank you. Go get some okay. rest. Thank you. Okay, hello all right. Bye bye. Have a good Talk evening. Okay, take care, you all. See y'all on the trail. Bye-bye. All right. Okay, guys, very good. So uh, we've heard from uh, Dr. Braley, and now let's hear from from my brother who Zoomed through Tyler, Texas this afternoon that I (laughs) (laughs) I missed him. And uh, unfortunately, I had just left the restaurant, and he Zoomed through. And so so you got to Zoom back through here. Again, uh, Pastor Cooper. And so, hopefully, everything went well for you today, and keeping those boots out there on the ground. And yeah, outstanding, outstanding. Well, you know, we, the time is drawing near. Before we knew it, it's going to be the 31st, excuse me, of January, and uh, and and the voting time for, I mean, the time for registering people will be over. So we got to make some phone calls, even if we can't get out there. We got to make some phone calls, and then go drop off some. Uh, uh, voter registration cards so that people can get registered to vote. Because the only way that we're going to be able to do this is to get as many registered and, by George, get them to the polls once they get registered. Because I tell them every day, you cannot, you cannot just register. you got to show up at the polls. Now, I got a notice in the mail uh, for a, a mail ballot, but you already know that I tossed that because I will be doing it front row. <laughs> I will be standing in that line, uh, and I'll be doing mm-hmm. that very, very early. What a great way to celebrate Valentine's Day and cast your ballot, would you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Okay. So how did the day go? How many miles did you get to travel today? Uh, I think I knocked out about 750, 800 miles today. Wow. That's yeah, that's, that's not, it, it was a it was a slow day. It lots of rain, lots of traffic. <laughs> you said that was that was a slow day, huh? <laughs> oh no, yeah, that, that was a slow day. Um, hey, 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 uh, Shirley, hey, Shirley, hey, yeah. Shirley, I'm going yeah. to show him how to. Hey, Shirley, I'm going to show him how to uh, uh, effectuate his time better with the technology. I think. I, well, I think once you get the hang of it, he'll. He, Are you talking about Roku and, and and TV and 59 million watch uh, viewers and? Twenty-nine yeah. countries. Is that what you're hitting it? No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, I'm talking about. Hey, look, we can't have our candidate hey, here. Well, I'm saying we need our candidate rested, and so going forward, I'm just hoping that we'll be able to figure out a schedule where he can 
we can get off that road so much and kind of and, and then actually talk to more people in the process. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, we, we, we I, I, I would have missed my meal though. I was trying to get a meal over at that new restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt so bad. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, see, you should. Surely, surely, tell him to, to call you when he wants to come down there to eat so, <laughs> so that you can meet him. Arthur, I always, I drive through East Texas to go north. I, I'm always driving through. <laughs> That's true. I'm always, That's true. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I was trying to get sure to think it was a special trip you was making. Now you just saying you know. No, I'm always it. in the backyard. No, sir. I'm always in the backyard. I, I, I'm outside shooting hoops. It's a special trip. Exactly. Yes, it's special. Trip. Yes, exactly. See there, brother? You heard my big sister. I got him now. You got him now. Yeah, we had to get rid of the guest for him to start acting up. You know I have to act right with Cummings here. You know I can. Yeah, yeah, you, you know what? You were very professional tonight. You were very professional. Oh, yes, he was, tonight. wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah. I, I'm he proud just, of he you. He didn't treat us any kind of way, but he was he straightened out today. Mom, he straightened uh, out told today. Me. Mama told me how to act when come here. I went company time. When company time. Well, let's listen. Let's 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 switch gears a, a little bit and 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 tell me what you think about uh, these eighty five hundred troops that may that are on alert that may get deployed to Kiev and and um, which is one of my my grounds that I made some tracks uh, on the, in the Ukraine. What are your thoughts? You think we're getting ready to uh, gear up for another war already? Well, we, well, we hope not. Yeah, we don't. We, we don't want to do that. That's no. right. That's right. Now, if I had to I, guess, I, I'll say I'm gonna say no. Okay. I'm, I'll say they ain't gonna okay. fight for 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 a simple reason. First of all, again, you gotta understand. He, uh, uh, Putin, Putin, he's lost about his puppy dog Trump. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He ain't got, yeah. He ain't got yeah. his boy. He ain't got his boy with him no more. Right. So, <laughs> so, so now, so, so now he say, well, okay, I'm gonna manufacture me a crisis to see what I can get. He said, so he, he jumps up and says, hey, and then he say, okay, so I want y'all to get rid of NATO. Now he know they're not gonna get rid of NATO. Right. <laughs> that right. means right. that either he wants to just go in there and do something, or you know, or not. But anyway, but it's gonna come down to. Whether the NATO alliance hold together, if they, 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 they say we're going to sanction you, cat. If you do this, we're going to sanction you big time. It hurt your economy. Uh, same time, you know, they're saying, yeah, but we need that pipeline at all. They got over there. So you know, yep. so it's kind of like you know, it's, you, you, I mean, they politicking with it. But I'm just saying, I can't see how he would win anything doing it. I mean, he seems to be a pretty, you know, he ain't dumb like Trump. You know, he he kind of thinks about <laughs> stuff. So I think if he just, I don't know what he wants, but he wants, you know, he wants something. He wants respect more than anything. Remember when Trump was in office, he was going around poisoning every day anybody. You know, right. anybody got poisoned lately? <laughs> you know, yeah, so true. you know, so he, he, he like Trump. He's like Trump in Russia. So how you treat somebody like Trump, but he in Russia? You know, <laughs> right. but I don't think, you know, I can't see him. I mean, he might surprise him, but I don't. He gonna do. He'll, he'll probably do something, but I don't. But, but I don't think he's going to day. I just kind of. I don't see what he wins by doing it. 
Well, I, I think he's just uh, he, he's having uh, you know doing what he does. Uh, he's threatening, but at the same time, I think he knows better to, to try uh, President Biden because one thing Biden does not play. He doesn't tweet. He doesn't come out. He doesn't tease. He he has a plan, and uh, unfortunately, uh, if um, Putin continues, uh, Biden will. Make a move. I, I, I just hope not. I hope uh, Putin backs down because Biden's not afraid of war. Uh, I, I tell you guys. No, that. And, and Biden already said. Biden already said he's not sending no troops in. He already said that he's not sending no troops in. So right. so he already said that. So now you're just talking about uh, you know talking about whether or not you're gonna you know sanctions. What kind of sanctions uh, yeah. you know you're gonna put on or whatever. So that's really what it come down to. Do you do you, do you want your little messed up economy who's about to fly to Texas? You want it messed up, right. so it's really cool what it's gonna come down to. But that's what I'm saying. But Biden's not afraid of any of that. Yeah, I'm just saying. Biden uh, has been in Washington D.C. long enough to where he has the generals and the folks uh, paying attention, and he had to do the Biden same. Get get that, yeah. Biden need to get that Civil Rights Act passed. Well, you know, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, we talked about this about two or three weeks ago. And you and I both was like, well, we think he should do a little more. Well, I like the fact that he owned up to exactly what I was hinting at. He said, maybe I should have been out there a little bit more forceful, uh, but because of other issues, he said I didn't. He said, if there's only if there's one thing I, I did not do, and he owned up to that. So uh, I had to talk to him. I appreciate it. Uh, but you're right. But he still is not dealing with a full deck. I mean, we, we have people that are not holding up the end of the bargain when it comes to our, our Democratic Party. Hey, yeah. hey Mike, hey, hey, Mike, hey, hey, Mike. Yeah. But in the meantime, the hyena got my hiney. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> in the meantime, what is that, Mr. Arthur? In the meantime, the hyena's got my, I said, in the meantime, while all that's going on, Biden, the hyena's got my hiney. I need some help. <laughs> you need some help, <laughs> I need some help. I hear you, brother. Yeah, exactly. Oh, goodness, that was well put. Well, so what what part are we going to play? I mean, we we, we need to be putting the pressure on from down below, boots boots on the ground down here. We need to be putting the pressure on to the folk up there more than what we're doing. And um, I I know I can – I could do more. I mean, yeah, when when they say call, yeah, we call, but we don't we don't really have anybody to call uh, in Texas. Right. To be honest, I don't have anybody to call in East Texas, and I don't have anybody to call in Texas Senate. So, what what should we be doing since we have no? Well, idea? we should. Well, we should be number one. We should be calling upon our civil rights organizations to do more than what they're doing. Very good. Very good. That, you know their absent their absentness is deafening. Very good. Right, and COVID is not an excuse to be absent either. Uh, uh, you no. know, there's too many webs, too many uh, uh, social media Wait, platforms that they can. You know, and we I need to hear from those plane. Those top. Where is the plane? Yeah. I don't see the plane. Right. Where the plane? Well, the plane I, I know the past uh, was about two or three years ago before COVID. Uh, we were in Detroit, and there were probably 10,000 NAACP members in there. Um, uh, I, I spoke with uh, our friend, uh, 
Joe Madison, and, and we've both been in agreement. We, we need to empower those folks and release those folks to, to make moves and, and, and to be proactive and instead of being reactive. And that comes from leadership. Yeah. So I, I'm holding our leadership accountable. I, I'm sorry. I have to hold our national president accountable. Do you think yeah. that it's just a general question? It's just a general question. You know, after George Floyd died, a considerable amount of cash flow came into the national office. Do you think that has any influence on uh, the current lack of, uh, you know, uh, aggressiveness or enthusiasm? You know, don't witness some of these the, the chapters into the movement. I don't. I'm still like. Well, Okay, you talking about the the Democratic office? No, nah, I'm talking about civil rights. So NAAC. Oh, you're still talking about civil rights. Okay. Civil rights. Mm, so yeah, why, the, why do you why do you suppose all of that money came in? Well, you know, I, I you know, okay, now I'm talking about the NAACP now. Uh, you know, I've been in for like forty years. Exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Now I've been in for like forty years, and so. I remember a time similar to this, and that's what I'm telling you about. A time similar to this was back during like the uh, 80s, 90s. Okay. Uh, this after civil rights uh, uh, movement ended. Corporations, corporations would start giving our national office a lot of money. Being Hooks president then, they were giving a lot of money. So mm-hmm. nationally, basically, they basically neglected the you know ten dollar membership. And so they would, and so it was riding good. They was going to have a great time, and then all of a sudden, the corporate when Y2K and all that hit. The money dried up. We almost went out of business. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm just saying that. And now, all, George Floyd passed, and at, at the moment, so they spent NWCP a lot of money. And so now, you know, I'm just saying. You so know, somebody came to be quiet. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm just saying. All I know is that we got paid, and we are quiet. <laughs> he said, we got paid and now we're quiet. We are uh, quiet. Wow. Well, hold on uh, for a second. I'm not quiet, quiet my, my brother. I, I'm very vocal and loud. Quiet, fact, no, no. They tell me to sit down sometimes. If they tell me to sit down, I'm going to stand up, right? That's exactly up, right. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Stand up and, and scream louder. That's exactly there what you happens. go. Well, we're gonna. Well, 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 I'll be on a call. On, I think on the 29th. So I'm. Uh, I'm gonna make my feelings uh, known about that whole thing. I, I don't see the plane. I don't see the plane. Where the plane? I need to see the plane. So is is that a is that a national call? No, uh, no, not a state. No, no state state conference. Oh, state call. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, they have. Yeah, I, so have I, I haven't noticed for a call lately. You used to get them very regularly during the last two years. Mm-hmm. Well, so you that's know. In, that's interesting that you said that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? You know, the, it's like communication would just be flowing. Yeah, yeah it seems like it's just been cut off by now. So, yeah, look, it got yeah. cut off somewhere. Now, now, right right now is not the time to be quiet. Right now is when we not, need to be uh, raising the most hell. Exactly. And see, sending me, and see, and sending me, a, and see, and see, sending me a, 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 a two and three texts a day, asking me for money. There you exactly go. Exactly my idea of civil rights. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
I mean, you that, can do that, but but that ain't, you know. Yeah, we did so on, so on, so on. Now send us some money. I'm going. You need to send us some money. We want to go to work. <laughs> well, I, I just well, hope our listeners uh, pay attention and realize that uh, this team holds everybody accountable. We don't let anyone off the hook. Yeah, there you go. That's what we do. Yeah, and we interview everyone. We we fair share. We even interview governor candidates on, on this on the same call. So, uh, and even Republicans, come on, bring it on. Call us. Where's our six one two guy? Sure, sure, sure. Why don't you invite Gary Blesso to the show? Gary Blesso. He don't want none of this. He don't want none. Of this. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should invite him. That's set up. Don't do that. That's set up. That's set up. That's set up. Arthur gonna get him. No, we're not trying <laughs> to set up the brother. We're not trying to set the brother up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Let's wait for a little while. Let's, let him calm down. Let him calm down. He's, he's bad. <laughs> so I understand, gentlemen, that um, that Georgia has impaneled a grand jury on the uh, on the uh, Trump case. The election lies. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit. You see that? No, one of them. No, one of them. Uh, you, you one of the attorneys that, that Trump you know, got rid of. You know, he was he, he's on. No, that's how they do the system down. Then he going. He going. I don't know why she's taking all this time. She just goes straight. I mean, it's cut. She just goes, just goes, just file that. Da, 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 da. I'm going. I'm going. Really? <laughs> really? So I'm saying, you know, I mean, just disrespecting the woman, and then, and, and then that, uh, well, what's the lady, the one up in, uh, up in, uh, 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 uh Virginia, but that, uh, uh, Maryland, uh, you know, the one in Baltimore, and they messing over her, that attorney, uh, uh, what is, what is she, the attorney, the crack the air attorney, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Miss Miss Rihanna's there. She heard Sydney Powell. Yeah. Sydney Powell. Oh, hey, guys, I was stuck well, on mute. Well, I, was, I was talking to myself well, for about I, 20 I, minutes. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I want to do a Shakespeare. I want to do a Shakespeare. Hark, I hear a voice. <laughs> <laughs> Hark. You should have long, you should have long ago said something. <laughs> well, I was stuck and embarrassed. <laughs> no. You missed the Carly, Dr. Carla Braley's uh, interview. Did you get in on any of it? I was in for the last few minutes of it. Oh, okay then. Yeah, she's yes. running for lieutenant. She's going to be on with us on Thursday, so you'll get to uh, interview right. her on Thursday. So that'd be great. Well, I want to talk about uh, the, the, the election lies that's going on, and uh, and if the Bill Barr is going to go against January the 6th committee or if he's going to help the January 6th committee and what do you guys think that's going to happen with that and of course we know Georgia uh, has now impaneled that special grand jury and by the way uh, let me I'm going to ask the two gentlemen this question Miss Rihanna I'm going to ask this question of you Mr. Arthur Mm -hmm. and Pastor Cooper have you ever served on grand jury no no Never. Uh-uh. We've been no, we've served no, on juries over and over and over and over, right? But we never no, have made it to the grand jury. Why? Why is that? Why? Why is that that we can never get black people uh, on the grand jury? 
We are always overlooked with that, right? The, the, the grand They're jury. They're afraid we're angry jury. black people. I'm yeah, sorry, one at a time. What was that? I'm, I'm trying to hear in Dallas. The, 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 now, okay, the folks I've known to be on the grand jury, the few, the few that I've known, uh, it seemed to be kind of a political process under mm-hmm. there. So to get yeah, to the grand jury, yeah, yeah, you know, you gotta kind of have, you, you, know, you gotta be kind of like over there, sort of, mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. Kind of like and, and I'm and, and I'm still and, and I'm still over here, so I guess I can. I'm still over here, over here too. <laughs> okay, right. I got. You. Well, well, plus when you're a high-profile figure, I mean, my, my area I'm from is a small area, and so when I walk in the room, everybody knows who I am. It's hard to get on the jury. Mm-hmm. They don't want you. They they don't they don't want you your attitude they want none of it they, you, oh that's an angry black guy you know they don't they don't want mm-hmm. you. don't make mm-hmm. it through you don't make it through I'm disqualified mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then and don't wear no dread and don't wear no dreadlock you know you ain't getting on that man <laughs> no no worries I'm not gonna wear those either so that's okay. <laughs> They don't you know, after well. how many years of the mullet, we're supposed to look down on the dreadlock? Come on. <laughs> yeah. The mullet's coming back. It's making a comeback. Yeah. Y'all understand? Yeah. I'm from Southeast Texas. Y'all, y'all, y'all uh, high class folks up there. We're in Southeast Texas. We got mullets down here. Hey, 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 you know, Dre and stuff like that. You see, you, you saw that sister that put that, that, that put that uh, record in her hair, and then they operating yeah. on. They saw they, they were talking about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> they would, they wouldn't have never found that recording with it. How about the woman? Let's see. Let's see. That's why. That's why I don't want no anesthesia. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I know there's all kind. I can tell you, I've worked in many uh, surgical suites. There's a lot of conversation that goes on. Yeah, it it is. <laughs> I took a deep breath. <laughs> so, what was the outcome of that, Mr. Arthur? Well, uh, did she well, bring a lot of course, she's so because she brought that lawsuit. Yeah, because when they was being racial, you know, they was being racial, but they was talking about. So you know, so. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, it's kind of you know, the dog. You know, am I have to? Am I gonna have to ask for somebody black to be in the room? <laughs> I know. That 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 wasn't right, was it? That wasn't right. No, no, no that well, wasn't right. Well, you know, Eddie here, Eddie here, Eddie here. You know it wasn't right, but like you said, a lot of conversation be going on when, when they be in that room. You know, what about that doctor, the gynecologist, that was, that yeah. was putting his initials on folks' stuff? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. I know. We live in some serious times. I tell you, some serious times. That's all I like. Remember when in vitro first came? Remember when when uh? Remember when in vitro first came out? And, and that doctor mm-hmm. he went around. He made like about yeah. about five or six hundred of these kids, 
about mm-hmm. five, six hundred kids. You know, he wasn't setting nobody's sperm but his. Right. That's right. <laughs> oh, good Lord. And you would think that a person who went to school all those long years and and was trained and that they would be, eth- you know, ethically correct, but we got some unusual people, period. It doesn't matter how educated they are. And when I say educated, I'm talking about book sense because obviously there was no no wisdom and common sense, right? Because who does who would do that? Something like that. But there's, or just think about the nurses that have injected and to take the lives right. of, of patients. And so there's just all kinds of yeah, right, right, things, right, right. weird, unusual people that would do crazy things uh, to mm. harm others. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. Well, so what else is going on in the world? Miss Rihanna, you got something for us? Well, just what you just said, the thought that immediately popped into my head, uh, the two thoughts were uh, with friends like that who need them. And secondly, um, it, it just seems to me that, you know, just that short little clip, uh, you know, that little list that you just went through there with the three or four, you know, types of crazy that we're dealing with. And yet we're still part of what makes our time so horrible and precarious right now is that we're at each other's throats. Civil war experts have said that we are spiraling downward that wow. you know some some historians say it's all but all but inevitable to happen again um and those are really real terms and here we are you know in this position when we really do have crazy crazy people yeah. who we could all be yeah. together against but we're against each other it's just nuts right yeah. now well, that's so powerful because you know that reminds me of just listening to what miss rihanna just said is how important uh, it is first and foremost to have uh, a healthy relationship and obviously people who do do those kinds of crazy things to other people uh, don't have mental peace they don't have uh, uh, have not developed a great relationship they not have not been able to have relationship building right I mean they don't have healthy relationships obviously go ahead let me just repeat one of my old things, you know, okay. uh, uh, you know, just give some context. Where okay. we at, y'all, we're in a change moment. This is what change right. looks like. Right. It's yeah. messy, confusing, and, 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 and like I said, the last two times, it lasted like 14 years. So, okay. uh, you know, and, and so basically, you know, again, like I told you before, we got we got we got the next two elections, two three elections, to get you know you, you know get this fight uh, won politically. So uh, right. uh, now now the folks that now the folks now the folks hollering civil war da la la, those are not the folks with the money. Folks with the money, that ain't yeah. what they want. You know they just want folks squabbling enough where they control everybody. So right. you know so I'm just saying what you have to do, right. what we have to do. It's like in this moment in time, you we have to be the same ones. 
That's your job. Right. Your job is being sane. Your job right. is not to give in to all of that. That's what your job is. So if you can hold That's that space right. down right there, you just hold that down. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And other folks around you, they gonna, you know, you're gonna be like an anchor for them, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, so just, so just keep your mind, you know, can you, what the point say? Just keep your, keep your mind when all about you is losing bears and blaming it on you. So, you know, so the bottom line of it is, mm-hmm. you know, keep your mind right now. That's all I'm saying. Just hold on to your mind. Right. right. You be doing I guess. I guess, Mr. Arthur, I, I take that thing very personal, personal because for the simple reason this is my profession now that we're talking about. And so, so I, I see that these people who bring harm instead of helping uh, people who are ill that need our help and they're bringing hurt, that they're looking, that, that their, their source of work is, is a burden. I mean, they, it's just a mere a burden that for them to go to work, obviously, and that you know, it just it just makes no sense to me that that people who have trained uh, to help and and cure uh, people of illnesses and pains and discomfort that they would bring pain and discomfort. Well, you know, speaking of pain, speaking of pain, those folks, Oprah Winfrey, and I hello Oprah. Uh, but Oprah then gave us Dr. Oz and uh, what's that other guy's name? The psychiatrist guy that ain't Phil. No psychiatrist. Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil. Yeah, uh, Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil. She said, you know, Oprah unleashed some stuff on us there, y'all. Uh, but, but we need people like Pastor Cooper because we're talking to he. We got somebody right here on our show. So we these are the kinds of people that we need uh, and not these kinds of people that we're talking about that have brought harm where we're. I mean, can you imagine uh, having to lay down and go to sleep and and be put right. under and knowing people that are standing over you and saying ugly, uh, dirty things? And these are people your that life you is in their hands. Your trust. Yes, you put yeah. your trust into these people, right. and, and this right. is what you get. And it's just, <clears throat> it's, it's just very emotional. And I'm out real, right. I mean, you know. Have to do a lot to really get me where I feel right now. Right. That I guess it's because this is my profession, and 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 mm-hmm. I know that people have put their trust into us taking care of them. Right. And those people. Well, and it's not your typical help. dark day corner. It's it's not the under the baseboards where the roaches and the rats are. It's not there. It's in the operating room. It's in the there dentist's office. It's, you know, yeah. highly trained, highly paid, highly educated people who look at you and say they're your friend and talk about you like it's, that while they're holding your organs in their hands. It's, it's educated, horrendous. Hey, 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 Rihanna, educated. The American education mm-hmm. system, this, now this right. is proof that they've that they yes. miseducated everybody. This is proof. Look yes. at this. This is this this is what Absolutely. you get when you, when you try to, when, when you try to uh, miseducate black folks. You miseducate everybody. Now that's what you got. Right. Shark sharks right. that can show up <laughs> and, it's and from, just say and, stupid and stuff. Diverse. Go ahead. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say no, it's right. from a diverse background. I mean. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, right. Because, you know? Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying is that. <laughs> that of course, it always was. They face. were just wearing sheets for a while. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and, now, and, look at, and now in your face will say something like, 
Well, we don't need to talk about that because it'll make my kids feel bad. But they don't care about your right. kids. To your face. To your face. You're being to racist. Your face. <laughs> to your face. Yeah. To point out his. So I'm just saying is that. Yeah. So I mean, it's yeah. like I mean, it's like I mean, it's like a big. It's like a big booming Karen. That's a Karen right there. Oh yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Well, and and entire yeah. legislatures, entire state legislatures, and half of our, you know, almost half of our Congress and Senate, you know, are in it to 100% protect the feelings of and coddle white people, because yeah, you, know, you, can't right. hurt their, you can't hurt their feelings. Can't do that yeah. now. Yeah. That's what our we need to legislate that. We can't talk about critical race theory. None of you know what it is. None of our kids know what it is. It's not being taught. And if it was, it's a real good theory. But that'll hurt some feelings. <laughs> I mean, Ms. McConnell, we're legislating Ms. this McConnell, now. Miss McConnell accidentally said that black folks oh. ain't Americans. Yeah. Oh, right. well, you, vote, you vote just and like then, Americans no, 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 that's funny. That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. And then so he went to correct it, right? And then when he and then he, when he went to try to correct it, he left a word off, so he walked off. Yes. <laughs> and so he said, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm hey, you, you forgot to say <laughs> So Good you got to say that word. He had to go. <laughs> he I, I missed the correct part. What was the correct oh, part? Oh, you know he's racist. You know he's racist. Tell us what was the quote for the correction. Yeah, hang on a second. Yeah, pull that out because I heard the part. Yeah, he forgot the word. Uh huh, yeah. He went out there and lied and then forgot the word. And then he was out there trying to correct the lie where he told the truth about himself to before. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, our parents now told us that when you tell one. When you tell one lie, you have to tell another one to cover that one. So yeah. he got all mixed up, did he? So what was yeah. the quote, Miss Rihanna? The exact okay, quote? Okay, let's see here. The original quote, of course, was that African Americans uh, vote. Like a, uh-oh, I forgot my glasses. Vote just like Americans. Vote like Americans, <laughs> right. right. Oh, no, really? Oh, Mitch. I have to laugh or I'll cry. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> and then, okay, he said, oh, no, sorry, I'm trying to find his quote, and I've left my glasses somewhere. Oh, oh, oh and I no. can't see. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I, did, I didn't hear, I, I knew that they were saying that somebody was trying to, to fix it up for him, and right. uh, and I can't remember exactly either what it yeah, said. He messed, up, first he messed up the fix-up. He messed up the fix-up, right? And then he had to go yeah. back and fix up the mix-up from the fix-up. <laughs> it oh, didn't he work. Said, he said, I have consistently pointed to the record high turnout for all voters in the 2020 election, including African Americans. That's one of including the extra African Americans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he, said, he summarized the entire GOP worldview uh, when he said, let's see. Oh, no, that was just a little teaser. Now, there's no quote for that. No, it, 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 yeah, well, he, yeah, well, I saw the video where, like I said, he, <laughs> he messed it up a couple of times. Oh, Mitch. Good grief. <laughs> it's just it's so embarrassing. He said, more African-Americans voted 
Then they that thing. Yeah, I mean, it ain't the problem. Y'all trying to stop it. That's the problem. Come on now. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my God. That happens during yeah. American African Americans. And you know, for him to even try to come behind that with a broom and a mop, you know, I have a picture of him standing in front of a Confederate flag a couple of years ago. Come on. Sure. You know, sure. like why? Why do they bother? Why do they still bother with? I mean, they've already ripped off the hood. It told us that they're fine with us seeing them. They're performing. It's called, it's called political performance art. Yeah, performance art. Exactly. Exactly. And people are, you know, people still buy it, but, you know, it's just whittling down more and more and more to where these people no, who still buy it are the no, no, white no, people's no, feelings no, no. are trying to protect. No, 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 no what it does. It gives them cover to continue to do what they're doing because see, because yeah. I told you, now, yeah. I told you about the, like I told you about the, <clears throat> I told you about the larger media, how they've been covering this stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and basically, and basically, instead of them asking the Republicans why they not for voting rights, yes, they're they all up on the Democrats. Yes, that's the yes. larger media. That's the media at large doing that. That's right. They're not even asking right. the Republicans. They're here doing all this whole crazy stuff, and they're not even asking them nothing. So I'm just saying, so you right. know, so when I see stuff like that, it's like, you know, come on now. Am I the right. only one looking at that? Do it just look like that to I me? Know. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when they talk about it, I mean, even now, you know, when they talk about, you know, they, you know, they, I mean, they had to, I mean, they had to really really uh, uh, have an emotional transition to, to be even start calling them folks insurrections. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Who they tie, right? And as y'all know, I've been calling them that for how long? About a year and a half? Yes. From, oh, from yeah. the beginning. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so, 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 so basically, I mean, like, they saw it coming. I saw it coming. Just like everybody knew who Trump was before he became president. They knew he was a crook. <laughs> they knew that. Everybody knew it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 They do it down here in Texas. And then they elected him anyway. Right. How right. did that happen? Anyway. You know, media making well, money. Media making money. Well, crooks. And it got crooks out of hand. Crooks elect crooks. That's what I've heard. Okay. Yeah. Y'all going to make me quote scripture. Give me Barabbas. They crucified Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, it's yeah. a, some things never change. I mean, it's it's a hard thing. It's like y'all were talking about doctors and MDs and how can they do what they do? Well, they just uh, these are devils with uh, with initials behind their name. There you go. There you go. That's there all go. it is. Yeah. I mean, there's no difference. Yeah. All it is. Just an educated devil. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, educated. Yeah, educated yeah. yeah. yeah I, think, uh, I think one of the things that probably well, one thing is probably happened. You, you know how to. You know Jesus. You know Jesus. You know got off. You know the message got confused and everything. Because like, you know, like he was here to tell you that you could be like him, right? You could be like, you know, you could be Christ like that, that, you know, so and so on. And that and and that that was the way to go. But then, but then he got crucified, right? And it's for everybody. But you know, folks, you know, folks still probably going, well, you know, I don't know if I want to be quite like him, because you know what happened to him. So you know, but folks need to. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's what let's see. It happened to uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, and it happened yes, to um, 
uh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, and it happened to yep. Robert Kennedy, and it happened to Malcolm, Malcolm and it happened to uh, Emmett Till, and oh, John Brown. John mm-hmm. Brown, yeah. You know what the, the difference is, though? On. When some moron comes along, the difference is when some moron comes along, if some moron ever came along and told us that Emmett Till and Martin Luther King and Medgar Evers were losers because they didn't make it, we wouldn't follow that. Yeah. That's the difference. Right. That's the difference. That's true. Mm. Okay. Got it. Well, well, the one thing that I can tell you, and we all know this on this line, and Pastor Cooper can lead the way, is that take it back to their childhood and their relationships, and they didn't have one. Uh, nobody helped them to build good relationships, and so consequently uh, we had some ed- educated idiots to go out there and take the lives of good, innocent people and that's the bottom line. Just look at their childhood and what they experienced mm-hmm. when they were growing up. That's right. Absolutely. Which is also yeah. the reason why I tell people all the time, I say, if you really want to know about someone, uh, look at their uh, uh, progress report and look at the conduct. My mother, she, she was a very uh, intelligent woman. She said, I don't care about your grades. I said, huh? She said, I, I want you to make sure you attend the classes. Don't skip. No, no uh, skipping classes. And I want to right. make sure that you're quiet. I want to see your conduct. She said, if those two line up, you're going to be on yeah. the road soon. I don't care about the rest oh, of it. Better, you, you better know that thing. She said, you're not idiots. You're not idiots. So yeah, if, if you we know uh, you're uh, smart. apply yourself, we know you're smart. <laughs> so I just need you to be attentive, and, and I need you to be there. And if you do those things, we're all going to be fine. And you know what? She was right. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. She's 100. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 100. Yep. I'm with you. Well, we I wonder why I didn't get all A's in conduct. I wonder why I didn't get all A's in conduct then. <laughs> like you were misunderstood. You were misunderstood. Yeah, I'm That's a good one. I love it. I love it. I love it. South Oak Cliff find it. The real East Texas guy. You know you got that good training in East Texas. Oh, yeah. I didn't get no whoopings now. Well, maybe maybe therein lies the problem. No, I'm just teasing. (laughs) (laughs) We can fix that. I didn't either. I got to tell a lady, I had to tell a young lady the other day, she was telling me about, you know, you know, beating a kid or whatever. And I told her, I said, I, I said, ma'am, look, I said, you got to understand that that ain't an African thing, beating kids. I said, that comes from slavery. That's the, I missed that from slavery. If, you know, you got to I, I don't know no successful person that uh, they, they didn't got to say I'm successful because I got beat. I ain't had nobody say that. <laughs> you didn't hear that, huh? Nope. Now, listen, I, I when those people told me what I was supposed to do, I didn't. There was no talking back. I understood quite well, uh, and that's what I did. <clears throat> I followed their instruction. I knew I know how to follow leadership now. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get well, any. Only got the power. Eddie here. Eddie here. Only got the power one time in high school, and that was for 
skipping class. Now we wasn't exactly skipping. We had this job. Uh oh. Either you either you skipped or you didn't. So which one well, yeah. would not do it? Some little girl. No, 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 you know, cotton to the train, you know, into the box car. So when the job ran out, <clears throat> I guess we were supposed to, I guess the shit went back to the school and told him the job was that over. But we just, every day, we just <laughs> leave at that time and just you know, <laughs> going on like we were going to the job. But uh, we were so, etiquette, we were so, we were so, we were so green that, you know, we got bold and we went to the pool alley, you know, to the pool shop, to, you know, you know, see some pool one day, not understand that the superintendent <laughs> of the district on the damn pool. <laughs> <laughs> the principal That's rolled up in there. I want, to, I want to see you, you, you in my office tomorrow morning. Maybe two parts. Ah, man. So anyway. You silly rascal. You silly rascal. Anyway, he said, well, hey, look. It, 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 there was Mr. Dawson said, well, hey, look. He said, he said, you got to get three licks to get back to school. I said, I said ain't there no white man hitting me. Right? That's what I was saying. <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, I'm going to talk. You <laughs> militant back then. Hey, speaking of school, did they arrest a lady that said she was going to hey, shoot hey, up I the school? Yeah, I thought my grandpa. I thought my grandpa said grandpa. Yeah, we were, we were, I, I, we were talking about that earlier on. I said, Dad, I said, yeah, I saw what the situation was, and you know about you know about why the man wanted to put me, and then so Dad said, Well, yeah, Arthur, you know, I really can't. I don't know. That's all. To the shave, I, I didn't have much hair on my beard at that time. Anyway, he told me to shave, so I told him that uh, you know we was poor. I couldn't afford no razor blade, right, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah I was trying to get out of shaving. <laughs> I was trying to get out of shaving. <laughs> so he did what he did. What he did was look at what he did. He he went got me a razor blade. He, he got the whole thing. So when I come in, so I, so I come, so I come in the morning. I can just go in the office and you know go back there and shave.
All right, Miss Mayana, it's all yours. And then we look forward to next Monday on Marvelous Monday. So thank you very much, guys. Thank you much. Great team. And now, Miss Miss Rihanna, we'll see you next week. Go ahead. One day when the glory comes, it will be ours. It will be ours. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be sure. the heavens, no man, no weapon, formed against, yes, glory is destined, everyday women and men become legends, sins that go against our skin become blessings, the movement is a rhythm to us, freedom is like religion to us, justice is juxtaposition in us, justice for all just ain't specific enough, one son died, his spirit is revisiting us, true and living, living in us, resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up. When it go down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots, we on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day, when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, no. Glory, glory, oh, glory, glory. Now the war is not over, victory isn't won, but we'll fight on. Every man, woman, and child Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero Facing the league of justice, his power was the people Enemy is lethal, a king became regal Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego The biggest weapon it's to stay peaceful, we sing, our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win the war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day, when the glory comes, it will be
Good night. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-